Today's guest is Jenny Hutt. She is the host of the Top Ring podcast, Just Jenny. She is a woman who has a lot of experiences in her life. She's one of the most authentic people on social media, if you ask me. And we talked today about how to make a life pivot, how to overcome resistance, how to realize when maybe you've outgrown a situation in your life, how to bet on yourself, rally your support system, and make big moves. Jenny Hutt, thank you so much for being on the show today. I usually prepare when I have a guest, and I it was really hard to wrangle you down to a lane of something very specific to talk to today because I feel like you're a Renaissance woman <laughs> and you've been through a lot of different life experiences. So if it's cool with you, I'm just going to keep it super freeform today, and we're just going to see where this conversation leads us. We were mutually connected through a girlfriend, Kim Shapira, who's got a book coming out. You guys, I'll, I'll link it in my Instagram as well. But I, I really kind of went into this rabbit hole of your content and then also learning a little bit about you. I love Jersey Girls, so I love that you're East Coast. I feel like there's already a point of connection there. But I would love for our listeners just to get kind of like a broad understanding of how you got to be where you are with this incredible podcast, Just Jenny, and then your radio background, all of this stuff. Like, how did this all begin? I'm a Nepo baby. So let's start there. I, yeah, I, look, I don't know that I'm a Nepo baby, but I say it because it's funny. I'm from New York. I grew up with a dad in the music business, but I, when I started doing a radio show, it really wasn't because of him. I mean, I was in the right place at the right time because of him. I was his personal assistant and mm. I was already a lawyer. So I'd already kind of had a few different lives and a mom and wife and all that. And then my ex radio partner, co-host, business partner, asked me to do a radio show with her. And she was Martha, is Martha Stewart's daughter. And so for years, I did this radio show with her. And that was sort of how I got into doing radio. So I, yeah, I say Nepo baby, because were it not for my father's job at the time, I wouldn't have been at Martha's company and I wouldn't have met Alexis. So I, I guess I kind of wear that aspect of it like a badge of honor, because what do I care? Yeah. It's like 17 plus years later. And when she quit the show that we did together and quit me, essentially, I then got fired from Martha's company and got hired by SiriusXM. So at that point, there was sort of a, a break in the Nepo baby part of it. <laughs> and right. So, yeah. Completely. Yeah. 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 So then did you just feel like you really enjoyed having that platform and being able to discuss? I mean, that's what's so great about your show is that you talk about everything. It really mm -hmm. isn't pigeonholed or mm -mm. constricted to a certain lane. And I think that's what makes it so beautiful. But it's also these wonderful insights that you're able to contribute as well. So you have these guests, but I love that you speak your mind and that you talk and you just feel like very unfiltered, not only on your show, but in your life. So do you ever get these vulnerability pangs of like, maybe I shared too much or maybe? Oh, yeah, I'm of course. Yeah. I mean, sure. How could I not? But I think that so having a job that had me talking for two hours a day for years and years and years, it became sort of part of my way of being OK, of kind of getting it out. If if something was going on and I could talk about it, it made me feel better and it made me feel even better knowing that somebody listening might be soothed by my trials and tribulations, either because comparing their own lives, they were like, wow, she's a shit show. So I'm really great. Or sort of that, oh, she's stuck in some sort of muck. And so am I, I'm not alone. I'm a 
big believer in community in every kind of stage of our lives and really with all of our moods because we all have ups, we all have downs. Now, yeah, sometimes I get sometimes I get some vulnerability pangs or I get almost um I don't I never like the feeling of being misunderstood. And so yeah, I think just today I had storied about how somebody sent me a text that was just kind of like a cheering me on text. And I, it wasn't meant to be offensive, but it hit the wrong way because I'm in like a season of my life. That's maybe the hardest season of my life up until now, which is fine. I've had a really decent time and I can weather any storm. Like that's part of who I am. It's how I'm wired, but it doesn't mean I don't cry, kick, scream along the way. I just know that ultimately I will manage muddle through and be fine and be great. But when I, when somebody response to something I've said or an episode I've posted where I have been super vulnerable with almost an angle that feels like pity when I'm receiving it. Mm -hmm. I, I, it makes me see red because I don't feel pitiable. I feel much more like I'm a pillar of strength. Like I steal up, like, yeah, I cry, but I also am incredibly strong amidst a lot of stuff. And, and so my sharing it is really to benefit everyone collectively. So yeah, so I only regret it when I feel misunderstood. Well, I wanted to kind of dig in a little bit there because something that our listeners come to the show to figure out too is like how to overcome these massive waves of resistance, right? And resistance is that equal and opposing force anytime you're trying to grow or expand. I do believe that there will be this wave, right, of something that's trying to keep you exactly where you are. So how have you battled those throughout your career? You know, you said you and Alexis parted ways and things like that. So you've definitely had some waves of resistance come crashing down. But what has been the thing that has gotten you through? So I don't know that it felt like waves of resistance. I think that I have stayed in positions for longer than I should have because they were comfortable. And my resistance was in moving out of that kind of comfortable space for something bigger and better or something that was just better suited for me. And also stayed in sort of a, I don't know, like a part of the business that I wasn't thrilled being in for maybe longer than I should, because in a way I was like, oh, well, I should be doing this. Therefore, I will be doing this, even though it doesn't feel right for me to do it. And I think that every time I have pivoted or shifted, it has been because something has happened. And it's almost that whole Tony Robbins kind of theory that life happens for you, not to you. And so even when my professional life was really challenged when Alexis quit and kind of just, it was awful, and I didn't know what was going to be, I just kept going. So I think a lot of it is that I just keep going in the wake of things that are difficult. So even so that when I had co-hosted Dr. Drew on television for a year and then they didn't renew that contract, it was upsetting and then it was okay. And then I actually took a deep breath. I didn't love being on TV. Like I just, it was, and then for a while I would do TV hits elsewhere and then I just didn't love it. And I lost the fight to do it. And I listened to that and put my focus elsewhere. And then even with my contract ending at SiriusXM after being there for over 17 years, there was a lot happening at once. My father was dying. I lost my job. And I mean, 
I didn't feel like I had the time to just crumble up. I mean, I didn't know my father was going to die two weeks after I left SiriusXM. Like that was a whole lot, but I had already embarked on doing the podcast. And and I think that my resistance was more a resistance to giving up that propelled me rather than a resistance to take a chance and do the podcast. And and doing a daily podcast that first two weeks or three weeks was scary as hell. Like, I don't even know how I did it. I don't. I don't know how I have as many episodes as I have in the bank. I don't, I'm not sure. But I, I think one of my um, greatest skills is the, is the act of actually just doing whatever it is I believe that I should be doing. That's really it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I give it much time beyond thinking about it like sort of initially. I don't let resistance get in my way if it's something that I know I, I need to do. But I think that's the key right there, Jenny, is like, I loved how you said I had this feeling that maybe I had kind of overstayed or I had outgrown something. And then the universe will just kind of shut that door for you. Correct. And that's how that's how it's been for me forever. That is kind of. Yeah. Like, let me help you out. Yeah. 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 But the other things like when I launched Bunny Eyes, my eyeglass company, that was really I mean, one of the oddest experiences of my life, because I am not a do-it-yourself person. I am, I guess, a creative in that I broadcast or a creative in that I, I don't know, I, I'm used to entertaining in some way. Yeah, totally. But I'm not a creative, like, building things and widget making and inventing, so not me. And, and but then it was. And so, and I never thought I was an entrepreneur or whatever. And then, uh, then I just had an idea and kind of executed it. I think... I think I like execution. I think that's, I think that what, what differentiates a lot of people from kind of achieving the stuff they want is just the act of the executing on the idea or the thing. And again, it goes back to the doing. You just have to actually, actually right. do it. And I think if you aren't, like I'm the person who likes to have the visions and all the stuff, the execution is where that's my Achilles heel. I'm like, mm. I can get down to like actually making the widget. But then I don't want to fuck with it past that. I'm out because of Because why? I think it's because that was my career for a long time was like the ex, like in my corporate sales career was you had to see everything through and you had to kind of get into the minutiae of what that was going to involve. And so now I would just rather kind of have my head in the clouds and think the big things and then do some of the stuff, but not I get bored pretty quickly with it. It would be like, yeah, OK, done that. And then now we're going to do something else. But I think you miss out on a huge piece of fulfillment. Like, I think the people who are doers and executors ultimately then reap that fulfillment at the end. I don't know about that, actually. I think that if you have an idea and you like to have an idea and delegate it to somebody else, there's follow through in that if the idea gets done even by someone else. I don't I don't know that that's a bad thing. I mean, I yeah, I would say too, like this other this other piece and it, it got to the book. I love that you said that you kind of felt trapped or like kind of like your comfort zone had become uncomfortable. So mm. what were some of the signs? Like what was what were some of the feelings that you felt? Because maybe some of the listeners are like, I might be in a situation that I'm outgrowing or it's not as comfortable or maybe, but it's something, right? It could be a relationship, yeah. a job, whatever, a city that they're living in. So can you share some of the things that maybe you rationalized away or ignored or suppressed? Yeah. I mean, there was a, I think certainly my time at SiriusXM was pretty darn magical for 
most of it. And I think any issues that I had came came from me rather than anyone else. And even though it wasn't my decision for my contract to end, it was the right decision because I had this duality of feeling like every other day the shoe would drop, which then it did. Mm-hmm. And also like I wasn't working hard enough in the moment. So in part because the setup was so in a way streamlined or easy in this, like they had talent bookers and they had producers or they had this and they had that, that I didn't put enough of my own hand in things where I should have. And because it, it was easier to not. And I think that I put and produce a better product the more that I invest and put into it. So, yeah, I mean, because I'm always going to do better prep than for a guest than somebody else is going to do. But if I don't have to do the prep, then I'm probably not going to do it. It's totally because because there's other things I want to do. So like when I think back to the radio show that was two hours of live radio every day, I didn't do a lot of prep for the show each day. Like my life was the show. And if I had a guest, I'd do some reading or whatever. But it wasn't like now, because it's just me kind of running the whole thing. I, I'm always, there's always a book in my hand and there's always something on the screen and there's, I'm always researching someone and because I want to get it right and I want to do right by my guests. Yeah, like anybody that follows you on Instagram too, like I love the access that you give, right? Which is kind of like back to that first question. And I think that that is what really helps people connect because I actually read uh, an article that you did for HuffPost about why you're a terrible wife. That was years ago. Oh my gosh. I don't even know. No, but it was so good. It still resonates. True. Yeah. You talk about your kids going away for summer camp and you kind of being alone um, with your husband. Dead inside. Yeah. Yeah. And just feeling all this pressure. And maybe it's just because my fifth grader just went to sleepaway camp and it was for only like four nights. But I, I had, it was like, I was talking to a girlfriend who was going through the same things. It was, you know, this guilt of I should be doing this or I should be having sex with my husband now, or I Mm -hmm. should be doing this or that. And, and then also like this mother instinct of just desperately missing your children. I love what you Mm -hmm. said. We needed proof of life that they had made it. I kept saying that to my husband when Delilah was gone. I'm like, I just need to know she's okay. This is for me not to know where this child is. But it's, it's that kind of like authenticity and that vulnerability that I feel like has really contributed to your success and of Just Jenny. And that's what people gravitate to. So what's the next thing for you? Is there something kind of brewing in your mind that you feel like maybe you're not quite ready to tackle? Or are you at a point where you're feeling a lot of contentment right now? Oh, God, I don't have an ounce of contentment. So I (laughs) I don't know where I would find that. No, I think that right now my main focus is doing my podcast. And then I do a little bit of influencing work just sort of to pay some bills. Um, And that's that's those are my focuses. I'm also I mean, I'm still trying to blow up my bunny eyes brand. But yeah, I am learning that thing that I can't do everything well. So Hopefully we're going to partner with somebody for bunny eyes and that will be, I'd like yeah. to do a little delegating. I think that would be helpful. But my main focus is the podcast and and growing that and kind of using my social media for it. I've had to learn how to make videos and edit videos and put up clips and all this, these things that are not really native to my being. So learning, that's yeah. one thing I, I'm trying to learn more and more how to do things myself. I enjoy being self-sufficient. And I actually had 
so I early on when I started, I got Kara Swisher was on my podcast. And when we when I was booking her, it was just she and I like texting, like that's how she likes to book. That's how she yeah. likes to communicate. She didn't have an assistant. She didn't have someone running her schedule for her. And I was like, how is that possible that right. you don't have someone like running your schedule? And she's like, because I can't, I need to do this stuff myself. And that's very much how I feel. And yeah. so it actually was, I felt so much better that it, that I'm not the only like control freak out there because I, because it's easier for me to just have it all in front of me the way I know that I need to do it. So, yeah, I mean, this is where my focus has to be right now because it's, yeah. it's every day. Well, I feel like, I mean, even though you've always had this background in this like entertainment radio specific, do you feel like when you went to the podcast, it was it was a significant pivot because it was really just you? I mean, oh, yeah. and that's what's so great about the title. Like, I think for people listening out there, too, I think. Sometimes they can think a pivot is for somebody else, but not for me. I have very real bills to pay. I have shit to do. I have obligation and responsibilities. A hundred percent. So what advice would you give somebody who's grappling with maybe starting something, something of their own or just making some sort of big life pivot? So usually life pivots happen when you don't on a conscious level want them to. So that's number one. Yeah. So if you find yourself in a position where you have to pivot, it's because either you were told you had to pivot because you lost a job, you got a divorce, somebody died, all the things happen, whatever, right? And sometimes you pivot because the pain is so great in the life you're in currently that you got to shift somehow to get out of that pain. We do really well in pain that we know until it gets to a certain part, like a certain mm-hmm. level, and then we have to try to get out of it. Yeah. So I, I think. I, I think the way it it went for me, I had the options that I had when I lost the job at SiriusXM was to like put a shingle up and try to be a lawyer. Now, I, like I'm technically a lawyer, but you don't want me to be your lawyer. There's far better people to do that kind of job. I'm sure I could learn how to actually be a practicing attorney, but again, that would have been like an extra death for me. So that was not going to be in the cards. I know how to talk to people. I know how to share. And I really like connecting. And I also felt a responsibility to the people who've listened to me for years and years. We've grown up together and entering this next phase of life where many of us are empty nesters or we're just going through perimenopause. We're getting older and trying to reshift and figure out who we are and what this next phase is. There was a part of me that felt like if I didn't continue some sort of connection that I'd be abandoning people who've been with me all along. Now, is that true? No, but that's what it felt like. That is the parasocial dynamic. You feel very connected to people you've never met. It's an, it's an odd thing. Yeah. So I, I think as scary as, as it was to do the first episode, which I, even for me, I didn't understand why I was so scared when I've been a broadcaster for as long as I've been, but there was like, oh, what if no one listens? What if right. I have one download, like one? Right. Like I couldn't even get my husband to listen. Like he lives with me. So he was like, what am I listening right. to your podcast for? Like, I know you. Like it's different. And also people who are used to listening to radio, they, they don't necessarily know how to navigate into the whole podcast world. It's very, very, and I've never had numbers. I've never, SiriusXM doesn't do numbers. So I never had to track right. or know or figure out or benchmarks and all that kind of thing. So it was terrifying, but 
there was nothing else that I wanted to do. So it was like either I'm going to actually do nothing for time or I can give this a go. But if I'm going to do it, I have to really do it. And so I did. And and it's it's certainly the hardest thing I've done. I've never worked this hard in my life. But but I think it's really good because it keeps me out of my head, and I'm I'm better off being out of my head. So my advice is, if you have to make a pivot, then pick the thing to do that excites you, terrifies you, but like that you think you'd feel the happiest if you succeeded at it. Yeah, I think that's really it. To your point, there are some external things that are needed, right? Like I think having a supportive partner, if you are privileged enough, is incredible. I don't know about you, but when I started on this journey and through deuces to my corporate career to just like, hey, we're going to figure it out. I'm not sure what it is yet. He was like so supportive, like to the point where I was really pissed off. I would always have these moments where resistance would take hold and I'd say, I'm just going to go get a normal job. I'm just going to go work for somebody else to get the paycheck and it's going to be fine and it's going to be a better life than this. And, you know, that's why on the book, there's that picture of the cage tiger. He just refused to let me go back to the cage. He was like, no, we're out. You're not going to go back. You can't go back. You'd never be happy. So I feel like to people listening, if there is that thing that you've wanted to do, by all means, there's lots of great authors out there who will tell you how to like start a side hustle and this and that. I like a side hustle. Yeah. 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 But I like a side hustle. I don't think you leave your job. See, I do not think you leave not right your job away. to do another job. No. Mm-mm. Right. But eventually you do. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I think if you have the luxury of having your job and having a side hustle, fan freaking tastic. Yeah. That to me is the is a great way. To, I don't, I'm not saying you have to jump off the ledge, but if you've been thrown off the ledge. Right. Now do the thing that you think will make your heart sing. Doesn't mean it's going to be the easy thing. It's right. off, you know, it's rare. I think it's rarely easy, but only you know what's in your heart that you really want to do and you really want to be. And also you can't rely on it. See, I think you were right to go at it on your own because you can't, you can't rely on anybody else to build the thing that you're dreaming of building. They're not going to. Right. And if they build it, it's going to be for them. And then you're just going to be trying to hop on the bus, right? Of their bus. It's like, I think you really do have to build your own and then watch people who maybe want to be supportive of that come and then support that vision. But I don't know, for me, I don't know if it was the same for you. Like, I knew that I couldn't work for people. I was just, I was over it. There were two situations where um, I think that there was bias at play. I mean, we can play that card all day long, you know, the woman victim card, which I actually hate. But I just decided I didn't want to put up with the bullshit anymore. Like if if I was going to be spoken down to, it was going to be by my internal dialogue, not Mm -hmm. by somebody else. It was going to be my own negative talk track. And I think that there's freedom in that. And I think it's ballsy to go out on your own and start something from fucking thin air, you know, and where there was nothing there before. I I think I didn't want to, I don't know. I I, I didn't, I didn't want to have to wait to have to find somebody to hire me or to support the launch of the podcast or have some sort yeah. of crazy infrastructure in place. I I got really lucky in that the relationships I've built through the years, and maybe it wasn't luck, maybe it's the relationships I've built throughout the years, that I, as soon as I knew that I was leaving SiriusXM, I had, I mean, calls and support from really incredible people who just said, what can I do to help? 
And then to launch the podcast, I mean, first of all, anyone I asked said yes to being on. So that was really, you know, few people said no. So that was really nice. Yeah. But even just getting it, put it in, putting it in, in place, I had like the people I partnered with, they got it onto Apple like in 20 minutes. I had no episodes, and, but I had a podcast and I was like, okay, thanks. And um, put up a tile because I didn't know how to make a tile. I mean, I probably now could figure it out, but I have no idea. I have another friend of mine got a photographer here to take professional pictures of me because I take selfies. Wow. I don't take professional right. pictures. And then and then, then another friend of mine, my friend Ben, who I got it, I credit him with so much. He doesn't even understand how much I credit him because he's so nice to me. So he helped me with my equipment. He was like, you need this, 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 and this. You don't need this. You don't need that. You know, Because two different people, like someone was like, to launch a podcast, you need to spend like $1,000 to have blah, blah, blah. And he was like, no, you need take your computer, which you have, buy yourself a $100 webcam. You need a good enough mic. That might set you back a hundred bucks. But like, you don't need much else. Like you just, you just don't. And that was, and he helped me set that that all up and like worked through a lot of the technical stuff that I didn't know how to do initially. And he would like screen time with me, like share my screen to teach me how to use GarageBand or QuickTime to edit. I mean, that kind of stuff. And that was incredibly helpful. And then just to, to sort of set me up. And then I was just off to go, you know, I was, again, I just, I have a really lovely group of people that when I need the help, they're there. So yeah. I try to do everything myself, but if something happens, like some weird sound thing happens and it's way above my pay grade to fix it, I do have yeah. someone I can email a file to, but the team that like found me the music for my podcast, they send me the track and I upload it. Like I edit everything. I throw the music in, I take the music out. Like, yeah, I do all the day to day. So I listen, I give you so many props in the very beginning. I was doing that, like syncing up all of the, the trailer. I mean, it was like it was a lot, but I think you really hit on it is like the support system is there and sometimes they will really kind of like convince you to take it i think what you were saying is yes when you know the support is there it's good but you don't have to take it all the time right and also you know what else i like working on my timeline so when i'm on the couch with my husband he's on one side of the couch i'm on the other side of the couch i put headphones in and i edit while he watches a show that's too scary for me oh it's my great. god I don't watch scary shit either. Mm -hmm. Like, it's great. That's been a footstep. It can't even be remotely scary. But I think that it's it's like a separate togetherness. Mm -hmm. And I think great. that that's good. We could have a whole nother show talking about marriage and stuff too. Because again, I just feel like you're so authentic with what you post. And it's really hard to not connect with that. We kind of putting themselves out there. So I absolutely adore your show. Everybody check out Just Jenny, follow her on Instagram, listen to her podcast. It's really incredible. You have amazing guests. I have to ask you, is there one piece of advice or a learning, like some knowledge that a guest dropped on you that has really resonated and hung with you? Let me think if there's one piece of advice. I mean, I did, I just talked to, to Bevy Smith and I have known Bevy for years because our paths have crossed at SiriusXM. But when I saw her TED Talk, that it gets greater later, was her whole, it was the tagline of this TED yeah. Talk. It's 15 minutes of like perfection. 
And I think that resonated with me more than anything has recently because her whole thing is just like, keep going. It gets greater later. Like enough with the being old. It doesn't matter how old you are. You get to keep going and things can get better. So I think that she recently, yeah, yeah, kind of gave me that. Oh my God, I love that. And I think it's so great too. I, I don't know if you feel this way too, but when I have guests on, I just feel like I'm getting this priceless education from getting to speak with so many incredible people who are just like mm-hmm. subject matter experts or thought leaders in their field. And I don't know about you, but I wake up every day excited for the interesting people I'm going to get to talk to, whether they're clients, whether they're podcasts, whether it's a press opportunity. And I think if if more people could wake up feeling that way, it can't be a bad thing. So I would urge whoever's listening who maybe has that thing in the back of their mind to explore to just take a chance. Maybe don't like throw deuces and walk away from your full-time job, but inch out of the cage. Right, Jenny? Uh, no, for sure. It's always interesting to hear people's stories. I just like other people's. Well, thank you for sharing yours with us today. Um, Everybody check her out. All the links are in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 